I'm David W. Berner, and this is The Rider Shed. Recording this on a uh, really a glorious morning, a Sunday, uh, a bit warmer than it's been in Middle America in some time. You can hear the birds. I even saw a couple of robins the other day. That might be a little early for robins, but we'll take them. And I had a punchki. I think I, I think I always pronounce that incorrectly. A punchki. I think that's maybe right or close enough. Uh, as Lent is on the way here, we had that for breakfast with some uh, French press coffee today. My wonderful wife picking those up from a French bakery that's not far from our home. So a little Polish uh, dessert, if you want to call it, right, um, from a French bakery. Just really, really good. It's the kind of morning, though, that feels you know slow, comfortable, inward, good inward. You know what I mean by that? That's why having Martin Wells on the show today feels just right. Martin Wells has worked as a psychotherapist in the UK for over 30 years. He teaches mindfulness to patients and staff. Ten years ago, his own experience of letting go after attending a talk by a French psychiatrist changed everything for him, radically changed the way in which he now works, and that includes his writing. He's written plenty, three wonderful books, Sitting in the Stillness, Lost for Words, and No One Playing, which is about mindfulness and the game of golf. He joined me to talk about his work, the book No One Playing, and his approach to using mindfulness in the creative process. Well, Martin, thank you so much for, for being here. I uh, we, we, we talked by email uh, a little bit before this, and you even sent me a poem, which is amazing. So I really enjoyed that, by the way. It was about uh, kind of our mutual love of Spain, right? It was stimulated by reading The Rainbow Man, so it was, uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you for that. Rainbow Man, my, my serialized novel online, is has a, a, a big portion of it based in Spain. But really what yeah. I want to talk about is what you've been writing. And I, I got your book the other day, No One Plane, uh, The Essence of Mindfulness in Golf and in Life. And I, I am fascinated by this, not only because I have a book coming out that's similar from the same publisher, uh, not necessarily similar in terms of what you've written, but my story is more, it's fictionalized and it's, an, it's a novella and it's certainly a different story. But the sort of, I don't know, the, the energy that comes from this kind of writing seems similar. And we were talking just before the show here today about how when sports writing, if you want to label this sports writing, when it's really good, it's not about score or competition at all, is no. it? And I no. think that comes out in your book. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, I suppose the, the book, um, I mean, I started it 30 years ago. So, so. Uh, Wait a minute, you started it 30 years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So the first five or six chapters are about 30 years ago. And I haven't done a great deal to them. And then um, in locked in the last lockdown here in the UK, there was a lot of time. We actually had some good weather, and it was a lovely opportunity to finish the book. And and it's a sort of memoir about meditation and, and my psychological journey as well. So in a way, I couldn't have finished it 30 years ago because I didn't know what I now know about the sorts of things you're talking about, the the the, the process, the 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 freedom that comes from immersing ourselves in a sport and 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 the self-inquiry that comes from that, sort of deep knowing of ourselves and our and our inner worlds. Really. 
Yeah, that's an interesting way that you put that, that you you really didn't have, I guess the word might be experience uh, through your life to no. be able to finish the book yet. No, no, absolutely. And if I had, it would have been called something else because the 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 whole notion of no one playing, which is also in my work as a psychotherapist, it, it is the absence of ego, the absence of of the I thought, um, which of course frees us up in golf to 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 swing naturally and freely without the, the interruption of thought. Right, that's a big big part of the game, and what I what I really like about I mean the book is wonderful, and it, any golfer who believes that golf is bigger than a sport should read this book. Thank you. But what I really what I really like about um, one of the things I really liked about it was little quotes in each chapter. I mean, you cho- you you quote Buddha and Bobby Jones in the same book, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I think is just awesome. And, and you know, and, and uh, you know, everybody knows anybody who's a golfer knows Michael Murphy and uh, you know the book yes. Golf of the Kingdom. Um, and you know, he's endorsed your book too, calling it just an extraordinarily beautiful book. So, yes. tell us about what this book. For someone who hasn't read it, what what it what it uh, what it tells us? What it what's the what's the story? Well, it's interesting you use the word story in, in a sense because um, what what can happen in terms of any sort of sport or any activity it could be a musical performance or it could be acting or anything like that that our our personal story might interrupt the the natural flow of the game. So if we, if we have some personal narrative that says we're not going to quite make it um, or we're not good enough or in some way um, we, we need to really put a lot of effort in if, if anything's going to work, then, then we, we clutter the, the natural experience, the free experience. So my work as a psychotherapist is very similar in a way to, to the golf course because I'm trying as a therapist to be empty of too much of my inner world, too much of my personal narrative. So, of course, that applies to the golf course. As, as we know, you know, we, we go out there and there's already thoughts happening about, oh, I'm going to have a bad day today or you know, right. You know, that, it never that big, works out when it's windy. Or something. Yeah, right. That big body of water that I've got to hit the ball over. It's exactly right exactly. in my face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the idea is to to kind of learn to find that space that allows yes. you to empty a little yes. bit. So the yes. book is a, is a narrative in a way. I mean, it really isn't a how to. I wouldn't call it that no. at all. But but no. it does it does reveal the sort of how to. I would think, doesn't it? Yes, yes. I, I'm glad that you see that because I I didn't really want to write a how to. I mean, there's lots of how tos out there, aren't there? Yeah. Uh, but but I suppose, and I suppose this is this is a sort of harder bit to talk about linguistically is it in a way it's it's more like a zen process where where as soon as we go for a how-to there's a there's a sort of grasping and an intention and 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 of course in in zen and archery there's there of course there is a release but it's not a sort of action that causes a, a disturbance 
Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, uh, so the, the the teachings that have really changed my life are, are those sorts of uh, uh, sort of really returning to to natural states and and trusting things like intuition and uh, uh, and lived experience. Yeah, that's such a you know we talk about this kind of thing a lot. We hear about this. It's really hard to do in our society, isn't it? Yes. And I, and I think that's what, you know, if people don't get an immediate feedback from trying this, uh, our, our sort of society gives up. It's sort of like going on a diet, you know, and trying to lose a few pounds and, you you know, two weeks go by and you've lost nothing. So you just say the hell with it. Uh, Do you find that's what people do when they, when they try to evoke this kind of thinking? Yes, absolutely. And there's a, there's a real challenge in this kind of thinking because a lot of people, myself included in the past, very invested in ego, very invested in, in sort of going somewhere, self-improvement, etc. Yeah. So the notion that, that we can drop all that, stop all that, and return to our, our natural capacity to love and be intimate and connect to others it, it it sounds attractive, but as you say, there's a real challenge in it because there's a letting go in it. Yeah, it, it's sort of like allowing yourself to be vulnerable, you know, yes. in, in some yes. way. And, and that is, for some people, that is extremely hard. Yes, yes, absolutely. And as, as, as cultures, you know, I follow the American culture and the English culture. As cultures, we, we don't hear our politicians say they don't know or say yeah. that they are unsure about something. Rarely, we want yes. people to have some sort of weird certainty about the future, which, of course, is, you know, nonsense. Yeah, I, I think it's really fascinating what we're discussing here. We're talking about a book that, you know, is generally shaped around the game of golf, but we're not talking about golf at all. We're talking about something d- way deeper than that. And that's why I think this book is, you know, I hate to label it a golf book. It's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a golf yeah. book. Um, yeah. I mean, certainly golfers can take something from it, but it is yeah. it is really not about that. It's about that process you're talking about. Yeah. How did you yeah. how did you get to this? What's your journey uh, to, that got you to this? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I got interested in meditation in my sort of late adolescence, actually. I sort of just was drawn to Indian Eastern philosophy and started reading stuff. I didn't know what I was doing and for a long time just meditated on my own and then found some teachers. Sorry, my computer's saying something. So found some teachers and was with them for over 20 years. But... Um, that increasingly became, uh, I'd say, jaded. And some, there was something about the whole process that felt exhausted in me anyway. Mm. And, and that path was, was more of a progressive path. Like if you do your mantra often enough and regularly enough, you will achieve enlightenment down the track. Yeah. And... And it was it was a bit hierarchical. It it, it it was like a lot of sort of groups. It, it had its major problems. So I had a I had a sort of fairly significant crisis with that, where I had, I, had, I left the organisation, and even though you know I learned a huge amount, 
I, I left and felt a bit bereft for a while. Mm. And then, um, and then, interestingly, these these things these things are amazing, aren't they? I thought, well, I need someone to supervise my psychiatric psychotherapy work. Someone with this this sort of spiritual perspective. Yeah. And and I looked around the UK. Nothing, nothing happened. And I went to a conference um, about two years after that. And I'd obviously planted a seed because the, the French psychiatrist that came on in the afternoon, he had no PowerPoints or notes or anything. And he just stood up and he said, in order to be a psychiatrist, you must completely forget you are a psychiatrist. Hmm. And he didn't say anything for another two minutes, something like that. And then he said something else equally powerful and enigmatic. Mm. And that afternoon was was life-changing for me, partly in his delivery because it was it was exquisite in 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 its in the process, but also in the words that that really spoke to me. And in in a way that was the end of any notion of progress or, or finding grasping something. It was it was like a just a stopping, a deep stopping and coming home. And and of course that allowed me in, in a sense to write write the book because then then there's there's the end of grasping or searching. There's just there's just swinging. So like, like Michael says. Yeah. So this moment was, you know, to, to use an overused word, kind of an epiphany for yes. you. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And how do we know that that hits us? Because I've had moments that I think are, have been epiphanies. And when I look back at them, I'm like, ah, maybe. <laughs> I'm not real <laughs> sure yet. You know? It's like any time to, 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 to process it. I can think of one thing that I've written about, actually. It was... I was in the American Southwest. I was in the Navajo Nation, um, just outside of the Grand Canyon. I was with a friend and my two sons. We were just traveling. And there was this moment standing in this vast, beautiful, you know, beautiful red and orange mountains in the sky. Mm. And two rainbows appeared. And it was mm. just this little bit of wind. And I started crying, like, uncontrollably. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it wasn't yeah. just the beauty of the land. It was the moment. Uh, yeah, it was the yeah. moment, and yeah. I I'm still trying to process that moment. I'm still trying yeah. to really understand what that was all about. Yes, and and I know that I've gained a little bit of like an interest in Native American spirituality mm. because of that. Of course, you know. Yes. So, yeah. but I'm not really sure what it really all <laughs> means yet. Maybe I'm not supposed to. You know. Um, well, that's a good point. It, it, you know. In in Taoism, they say the Tao that can be spoken isn't isn't the Tao. So mm. as soon as we try and understand something like that in a in a cognitive way, we're using a very limited tool to understand something much much more profound than that, much much more wordless than that. Um, and and it probably is no coincidence that you're on Native American Indian land because there's that culture you know, has, a, has an extraordinary love for, for nature and respect for nature, deep respect for nature. But, of course, a lot of, a lot of other cultures have now lost and just uh, are, are ignoring that, that yeah. connection. Yeah. 
also, I mean, this runs through all the work you do. I mean, this this whole process yeah. runs through everything. Your books, yeah. your work yeah. every day, uh, and, yes. and it has become, you know, your life, right? Yes, I mean, this is, this is the way you march through the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there was a time just after that experience when I thought, can I still be a psychotherapist? Can I still work in the National Health Service? You know, is this now too far off the off the usual normal path for other people to 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 accept what I was maybe talking about. And there, there was a real time when I thought that might have to change really. And in a way everything changed and in another way nothing changed. Life life went on. Um, and and as you say, it's it's like an impulse now, an impulse to to pass on this wisdom in, in some way, in, in, in different forms, really. So, yeah. so the golf book is just one form of, of passing that on. Yeah, it's kind of become, you know, in a way, it's your calling, right? You know, all this, yeah. this, this time. And I think yeah. that's what's interesting about what we've just been talking about, the, the name of the book, you know, it's called No One Plane, which is, yeah. as you said, sort of emptying the mind, right? Like, yeah. you're not really the yeah. person who's going through this process of golf, no. You know, and and in general too, the process of life, it, it, it it's the yeah. same thing, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, and that's part of the challenge you were talking about earlier on as well. Like, like why do people maybe go so far with this and not, no further? Um, really, if if we go the whole way with this and and investigate who is there, then there is a sense of no one. There is there is a, a spaciousness. And that's tough for us to take because you know this is this is me and this is what I do and this is right. what I think and you know yeah. um, it's a challenge to 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 loosen the grip on ego and identity. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, we've all been there to some extent, and I wonder too yeah. if that process, this kind of thinking also works for your writing. You know what I mean? Like when you're yes. when you're actually writing, you're not really like. You know, like no. no one is writing, you know, like the title of the book, right? You, is, is it the same? Absolutely the same. Absolutely the same. And and it's, and you'll probably know it yourself, it's it's an exciting process because it's, it's not one full of effort or discipline. I mean, there are disciplines, of course, you'll know those, but 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 it's more like an, an opening, like a sort of a reed flute without without things in in the flute. Mm. You know, mm. we let the music come through us, and and from that point of view, I'm learning as I'm as I'm writing in a sense because it's it's not coming from me but more through me. Right. It's like the teachings arrive. Um, yeah, I've said that so many times in workshops too. That phrase you just used, you? writing. Yeah, that writing comes through you like i don't know where this stuff is coming from no, no and when i'm writing it's especially fiction work i'm like i i don't know and i hear no. songwriters talk about this all the time too it's like yes. it'll be asked so what gave you the inspiration for that song or where did they come from and they'll say i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i woke up idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know or what does that song mean i, I don't know that's <laughs> just the way it came out. Oh, I think that's a fascinating process. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really is. Yeah. Yeah. So what what's what's next for Martin? I mean, this book obviously you're promoting and doing well yeah, with. Yeah, well well it, 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 on the same subject, really. My wife um 
not so long ago had a, a hip re- revision replacement mm-hmm. um, and she uh, she needed to be on a sofa rather than in our bed for a few weeks okay and and weirdly every night just about every night that she was in bed I woke up to a poem now I don't I mean I love poetry but I don't write poetry <laughs> you know, I've never written poetry <laughs> But every night, about four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, there was a poem. And I didn't need to do much to it. When I woke up in the, later on in the morning, I'd do a little bit of editing here and there. But they mm-hmm. pretty much came in the form that they seemed to meant to arrive. Really. That's, so, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> that, that's happened to me with song lyrics. Has it? Has yeah, it? where I've just, I've literally awoken, reached over, got my phone and started jotting down on my phone words that have come because I was afraid I was going to lose them. Fantastic. Yeah, that's, I, I don't know how that happens. I, uh-huh. I, I guess we're not uh-huh. supposed to figure it out. We'd lose the mystery. We'd lose yeah, the magic. Yeah, we lose the mystery. Yeah. Lose the mystery. yeah. Maybe, we, maybe the closest we get to it is, is, is people like Jung, of course, who wrote about archetypes and, and, and stories that go back in time that we all carry in our consciousness somewhere. Yeah. Maybe that says something about it. But as you say, it's a mystery, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's part of the beauty of it, too. And I think that's part yeah. of the beauty of your book is that you're not really offering sort of answers. You're offering sort of a process, thinking about yes. a process, and and what I love about it too is what I said before is that it's not a how-to. It's more of a, it, you know what? It's 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 telling your ideas through us through this book in a way. It's not like telling at us. It's telling through us yes. in a way. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is, of course, a memoir. Those those struggles I had with myself for many years about you know what's real and what's not real and right. what's my direction of my life and and how to play golf better all those sorts of struggles yeah. uh, are real they're, they're they're in the early chapters yeah know? they are yeah yeah <laughs> well martin it's been a, it's an absolute delight to talk to you i could talk to you for a long time about this kind of stuff it's really great i appreciate that and you know people Thank should you. even if you don't play golf you should be you should be looking at this book no one playing the essence of mindfulness in golf and in life martin wells it's been a pleasure thank you you're welcome you're welcome very welcome you can find out more about Martin Wells at Mantra Books and John Hunt Publishing this has been episode 27 of the Rider Shed I'm David W. Berner our music is from IRA Music production and interviews is always produced right here in the Shed you can find out more about Rider Shed Press at ridershedpress.com and at the Rider Shed on Medium you can also sign up for our newsletter there and find us on Twitter at Ridershed Press. The Ridershed is available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.